Are you ready to take action to attain the lifestyle of your dreams? It's a great way to make a lot of money fast, fast, fast. Hey, what's going on, Clever Investors? Cody Sperber here, the OG Clever Investor. Welcome back to the Clever Investor Show. Today, we have two very special guests, um, and I'm really excited to have this conversation because Mr. Mark Victor Hansen and his beautiful counterpart, significant other wife and a badass herself, <laughs> Crystal <laughs> is in the house with us here today. So we have two best-selling authors, philanthropists, real estate investors, very successful trainers. You're a certified life coach, a hypnotherapist. You have sold more books than uh, the Chicken Soup for the Soul series has sold more books than any other series in history. I think you have over 200 different Oh, 254 books in a chicken series and four movies like bestseller with Michael Caine. So all that was a vision and a dream and a hope and a prayer. And then it's taken 20 years, but it's unfolded. It's, it's evolved. It, it's literally 500 million plus copies have right. been printed and are in existence and sold and sold. And on top of that, well, let me miss back up. The only other book that's ever outperformed the chicken soup series is the Bible, which is crazy to think like it's been that successful. And I want to unpack like that whole ride and journey and, and how we got to here. You too have also co-authored a book called Ask the Bridge from Your Dreams to Your Destiny. And I want to kind of talk a little bit about this book because we were talking before we started the, the podcast. And uh, I love what this book is all about. And I want to understand what we're asking, right? What are we going to ask? How are we going to get from our dreams to our destiny? Right. right? That's the, whole, the point of this yeah, book, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. So first off, welcome to the Clever Investor Show. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you. Thank you for having us. I, I I couldn't be more excited to be here. <laughs> yeah. So this show is all about, you know, it's a financial literacy podcast, but uh, the end result is we want to make an embarrassing amount of money. We want to keep the money we're making. We don't want to pay it all in taxes, right? We want to be really smart with our money. We want to multiply it. And then at the end of the day, we want to make our money matter, right? And, um, you know, you guys have been coaching and teaching and speaking and traveling and preaching a very similar message for a really long time. Um, totally. I remember reading Chicken Soup for the Soul. I remember being a little kid, seeing it in the grocery stores everywhere. Uh, We're very thankful for that. It's crazy how successful that series has been. It, 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 not only did we do two billion at retail of books, but I created the licensing and we did a billion in licensing. Like we did 157 million in dog food. Now you say, well, why would you want to do that? Well, we had a little book in every piece of chicken soup dog food, but we get 15% of it and I didn't have to package it, wrap it, smell it, license it, put it at the front. I mean, we did license it, put it at the front of the counter and it just keeps selling. It's one of the best selling dog foods ever. That's insane. No, no, but what I'm saying is uh, to everybody listening here, when you get, an, I, I wrote a book called Grow Rich in Your Niche, one of 318 books I've written. When you get this going, you want to keep expanding it because, you know, we, we were talking earlier, the prayer of Jabez says, God bless me a lot. That's line number one. Line number two is expand my territory, expand my business, expand my real estate holding, expand my book sales, and then keep me out of evil. Because the trouble is, is that once you start making it, money makes you more of who you are. So if you're a schmuck, become a really big bad schmuck <laughs> yeah. if you're i'm going to use nice i know clean some words. of the, I, I know some of these people <laughs> yeah i've, I've been exposed them. to some of them we've been we met them all and, but if you're a really good guy and a philanthropist and we, we won the horatio alger award which means we came from rags to riches been excessively philanthropic 
And last year, we got uh, 3,500 kids in scholarships to go to school and to trade school and to start entrepreneurship. So it's Love a really this. good thing. And I got to take you with us, uh, not this year, but a year from now in April to, wow. to Horatio Alger Award. And you'll be blown away because you get it in the Supreme Court from Judge Clarence Thomas, a gold medal around your neck. Ten people winning in America, one international. And, and we're friends with people that every one of them is a household name, whether it's Oprah or whether it's Judge Clarence Thomas or whatever. So what I'm hearing you say is you guys brag different. You guys have some real things to brag about, some real impact. I love it. Yeah, we've, we've got no awards. Just a couple billion billion in, in in sales, winning awards with the top, you know, leaders in the world to ever, ever be, you know, make an impact in but, our world. But what, and, what that comes down to is what we were talking about in your office just a second ago. Everyone has this... Uh, Dedica uh, dedication inside and what they got to do is release it. And it's only with shows like that that do this. Cause when I went bankrupt, luckily I was reading self-help action books because the tapes didn't exist yet. And then tapes came along and I listened to one tape 287 times. It gave me what Zig Ziglar would call a checkup from the neck up. Cause it's from the neck up that you decide to do it. And you got to listen to like clever investor show to wake up the potential all of us have infinite potential because we're made in the image and likeness of the infinite. And, and you're here to create, contribute, and then be charitable. Well, you said something that I caught on. You said exponential. You used the word exponential. Correct. And I love that. Exponential growth in many areas of our life. Is, my is my newsletter on LinkedIn is called The Exponential Impact because if you walk linearly and take 30 steps down this floor, you're 30 steps down. But exponential, it's 2, 4, 8, 16, 32. If you do a revolution, we start with $1, which you could start with in real estate and buy a little share or something. In 30 revolutions, it becomes $1 billion. That's exponential. And everyone needs to wake up because we're in the exponential age is what we're teaching. All right. Well, let's kind of talk about that because, you know, there's a lot of young people that would listen to this show and they'd say, you know, I don't feel like I have a path. I don't have clarity on what I'm going to do as I'm growing up. Um, but I want to make an impact. I want to make a lot of money. I want, you know, if you line up 100 kids at 18 years old, ask them all, are you going to be successful? All 100 say yes. You follow them back now, 85 years later, you said, how many of them statistically made it right. to two, right? So it's right. like, how do we kind of help these young people have that clarity, have that confidence so they can experience an exponential life? Right. And that's why we wrote the book, Cody, because, you know, like everything, we wrote it from our own lives because we, Mark and I are so blessed to travel around the, the world and we've met so, so many countries, talked to so many people, but we often meet people who are like super smart, talented um, just amazing people, so capable, but like they're falling short of their goals. You know, they're just like, they could run a city, but they can't even, can't even seem to like pay their rent. And so we have this like morning prayer meditation hour that we do every day. And we always discuss stuff like this. And we were talking about it one day and we're like, if we could think of one tool, one thing that we could give people that would really help them like change everything in their lives, what would that be? Cause, and we, we realized like, our lives have not always been easy. You know, people look at people like us and they're like, oh, you have had it so easy. It just came to you. But we've had tremendous challenges and struggles, both individually and together. And so we asked, how did we get through our challenges? You know, what is it? What's that like secret sauce that helped us move to the next place, get a new understanding? And what it came down to, honestly, was being able to ask the right question at the right time in the right way to the right person sometimes, and you know, sometimes it's to yourself, mm. 
to get a new understanding, to get a new direction, to get some clarity, um, to get a new illumination, because that never happens until you start asking. And if you think about it, human beings are the only creatures on earth that can ask a question. And we did a ton of research when we wrote the book, and something happens when you ask a question. Something changes inside your brain, okay? A part of your brain actually lights up, and it's the part of your brain that does critical thinking. So imagine what a difference that makes when you start to deliberately, when you're in these situations, basically at every point in life, if you learn to keep asking the right questions, how much your life changes. And we realized, um, you'll see the the subtitle, the, the bridge from your dreams to your destiny, because it really becomes a bridge. You keep asking the questions and the next, you know, you ask a question, you get a new solution. You ask another question, you, a new illumination comes. Ask another question. You start to design a new plan. And suddenly, you're at a different place on that bridge. You're just moving closer and closer to your destiny. And we're never at our destiny in this life. You know that because it's going to continue to unfold. But if we want to keep moving toward it, we have to ask. So one of the first, I guess, exercises I was ever exposed to as an entrepreneur, one of my mentors was like, listen, why are you doing this? And I said, at the time I was broke and I'm like, well, I want to make money. And he's like, well, why do you want to make money? And the, the, you know, kind of that theory of like, ask seven layers in eight layers in 10, eventually you get to a point where you realize your first answer wasn't the actual answer. Right. You had to keep digging and keep digging and keep going. Well, it's like, well, I want to make money. Well, why do you make money? Well, because I, I want to have nice things. Well, why do you want to have nice things? Well, because I never had nice things growing up. Well, what would you do with those? And you know, like, and you just keep exactly. going. And what I, where I landed on that exercise is I wanted control. It wasn't the money that I was really chasing. Right. It was the control. And once I got there, and I understood the impact that that was going to make in my life, it was easier to bulldoze past hurdles and hardships and struggles and stuff. Cause I wasn't chasing a dollar. I was chasing a lifestyle. I was yeah. chasing this feeling that I, that was important to me. And then eventually when I had kids, my why shifted over to that, you know, but is that what you're saying in this book? Like let's learn how to ask questions. So give me some examples. Like I'm this young person, right? I'm trying, I'm gunning. I want to, I want to do something, but I, maybe I don't have the clarity mm-hmm. in the path yet. Right. So we what say, kind of questions am I asking? Well, here it's an interesting, a lot of different types of questions, but it's important to understand the categories of question asking. So we determined there were like three channels, you know, through which you would ask. Ask yourself, ask others, and ask God. So the asking yourself part is that reflective journey that you were just describing. You know, where am I? Why do I want this? What am I doing? Is this working or is it not working? What would work? You know, so that's a reflective journey. If you don't take that journey, you're never going to figure out where to go. And so I see people, you know, kind of going around in circles in their lives, but they never get off that merry-go-round and sit down with themselves and start to ask those questions that you're talking about. So ask yourself is the reflective journey. Ask, ask others, is that bonding journey? Have you ever done anything successfully in your life without other people being involved? No. Never. Yeah. Never will, never can. We are meant to be together, to bond so asking the right questions of the right people is incredibly important. It's part of the bonding journey of the asking journey, the bonding part of the asking journey. And then asking God is the third part because 
there's so much more, uh, you know, this, this whole kingdom is so much bigger than you, whatever you want to call it, this universe, whatever's going on, whatever, whatever this thing is that you, that you're a part of is so much bigger than just me or just you. So when you ask the creator of the universe, right, the source of all of this, it just broadens your perspective so much. And you tap into, when you tap into the source of everything, you are going to get answers. You are going to transform your life no matter what. And so each of those channels is just equally important. Um, but we just have to keep asking again and again and again, depending on the scenario. So when you say like, what is the question? What is the scenario? You know? Got it. So you're more giving them like a framework on like, this is the structure on how you ask these questions. You're going to have to come up with the questions you're going right. to ask. Well, and we give a, a lot of examples. You know, they're holding up the mirror questions or all kinds of impact questions, relationship questions, um, business questions, because so often in business, we fail because we're afraid to ask. And we talk in the book about how people are so afraid to ask. And we we talk about, well, do you want to talk about the seven roadblocks? We'll like do the seven roadblocks. But the, the point is that most people get stopped themselves rather than And what she's saying is we got seven roadblocks, starting with a sense of self-worth. And I, I own two companies with Bob Proctor. Everybody watching probably knows that name. And Bobby just transitioned and we did his funeral. But it, it, he started out, he's out of the military, the Navy in Canada. He's got no money. He's a, a fireman. He's making four thousand a month. Owes six thousand. He's looking around every night. All they go out and do is drink. And he looks around and says, "This isn't going anywhere." So he goes to the richest guy in in Canada that he could find. Ray Ray and I became good Stanfield, and he said, "You're rich. I'm poor. What did I do wrong?" He says, "You're asking the wrong question. So you got to ask, what book do I need to read to wake up?" And it was Think and Grow Rich. Bob made it his Bible. He, he went from zero to 25,000. Al said, you'll never make money. And then he'd start doing windows. And he hired all the guys that he used to work with. Then he hired all the guys at the bank. Then he did so much money. He was making a million a year in Toronto. And they did a million in, in uh, Montreal and Atlanta and then UK. And then, and then everyone said, well, how do you make so much money? And he was listening to all the right tapes by Think and Grow Rich by uh, and, uh, Earl Nightingale. And, but he owned Think and Grow Rich, transitioned his consciousness to build a wealth reset he overcome his lack of self-worth because he went he was born into depression in a depression you're a, an intrinsic have not his mom said we'll never have anything we didn't have anything you're not going to have anything bobby and and she and i became good friends too so uh, you know because we were just together but bob ends up owning proctor lane and he owns his own house <laughs> he owns a million dollar studio like you do it just it became extraordinary and, and that's just the first one, what are seven more? Then you got a sense of self-worth. All the way down to, to number seven, disconnection, which a lot of people are disconnected because all the teenagers on the cell phone say, I'm connected. I got this many friends. No, no. Connection is what we're doing now. We're physically, literally in entrainment. We can feel your energy orbit. We can deliver the goods. We can watch you and see if you're agreeing or disagreeing. If we can do business together, can't do business together, have a relationship. And then <clears throat> hitchhiking oh crystal said where i was going to answer a little bit different than the seven roadblocks but we can finish them if you want is that everybody should get not one ask book but get two for you and your mastermind partner because one and one equals 11 like she said none of us can do anything alone that's that part but when you go through the questions it's what you said 
you said a sevenfold path, right? Sort of the Siddhartha thing, right? And you go deep into finding out what is the real thing you want. You want to have money freedom, to have time freedom, to have relationship freedom, so you can have purpose freedom because every one of us has got a destiny code. That's what you were asking when we were in your office. You were coded at birth and DNA, RNA level with 3.5 billion in prints to go do something great. And we all come in with amnesia. Bob and I talked about that a great deal. And, and, and what happens is asking questions like Crystal was saying, get you out of amnesia. And we have 178 questions in there. If you go over that with somebody else in an open, non-judgmental way, you're going to find out who you really are. And not only who you are, but whose you are. So the purpose of this could be literally you and your significant other just sitting down. Bingo. Totally. Just unpacking. Life. Yeah, life. And really connecting as you do it. And, I love and your kids. Exactly. And you know what? There We have all four sections in there because life needs balance. I mean, I can make millions of dollars, but if my relationships are terrible, I you know, with my especially with your significant, your spouse, partner, um, or even your kids, if you have bad relationships, if your health is terrible, um, and you don't have any real spiritual connection, you have a really empty life. So as much as we all want to make the money, we we need to remember we have to keep balancing this whole this whole wheel called our life. And so we talk about asking in relationships, asking in uh, business and finances, asking in health and wellness. It's super, super important. We have some amazing stories in the book, and we can get into some of the stories um, and then, of course, asking in your spiritual path. All the pillars that actually matter. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of young guys are just gunning after money, and they they let their health go. Right. You know, they let their relationships go. They 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 their intimacy circles are all jacked up. They're all focused on just making money, right? And, and a lot of other things go to the sidelines. Yeah. Um, oh, you when you were first starting. I think it was 144 times you tried to get published. It was Is that an accurate number? I mean, like that just seems like you were just getting doors slammed, told no, pushed around, passed over. What was the moment where you finally, were you just like, I'm going to do this if it takes 10,000 times? Or was there a moment where you were like, we're getting closer, we're getting closer, and then finally something broke? Like what was it that where it finally lit up? So I've been selling since I was nine years old because I got to buy my own clothes. My parents had gone through the depression, didn't have money. And I'm not, I love my parents and I love myself and all my brothers. The point is, is I've been, mother taught me how to sell. And and the word she taught was N-E-X-T, next. So somebody just just say next, or somebody going to buy. So Jack was a little reticent. I mean, he's third in his class at Harvard, super smart, comes out of an affluent family, and I came out of a family with nothing. So I said, Jack, just hang in there. And then our agent fired us early in the game, which has cost him tens of millions of dollars, right? So the the, the point is, is that we got rejected. We finally go to the book expo, and and we've gotten all these rejections. We've got giant amounts of pink slips, and we're carrying a backpacks with three ring binders. And we're Now, remember, this is the brand new thing in the book business. This is 1989. And, and we've finished the book and we desperately want to do it, but we need distribution is what we think we need. And we go from booth to booth, to booth finishing. And in the last day, three days we're there, the last day, a little company that's bankrupt. Now, we didn't know they're bankrupt at the time and our agent had fired us. So I'm agenting it myself is they say, well, last night we read your book and we cried on our silk shirt. So we'll take it if you'll buy 20,000 books at $6 each. Well, that was to keep them alive, but I didn't get that. I thought, well, you got distribution and you're doing a few books, so we'll do it. So health communications got, we ended up making him a billionaire, which God bless us. 
but and, and it was you know <laughs> right the, the point is, is that we were desperate and we knew that it would work because i was doing i'll let crystal tell this story but i'm doing all the i do had four marketplaces churches chiropractors life insurance and real estate and and uh Tell them about what Charlie Green. Oh, it's so funny because right when we were writing this book, spontaneously, this guy named Charlie Green said, Mark, I was thinking about this story. I just wanted to, you know, send it to you because I'll never forget it. He said, when you were um, writing Chicken Soup, he said you were, or I just had the idea for Chicken Soup just in the beginning stages. He said, you came to speak at our church. It was like a big mega church. And he said, you stood up and you gave this incredible sermon and everybody just fell in love with you. And we all stood up and applauded. And, and then you said, you stood up and you waved this manuscript around, this typed manuscript, and said, so now I'm going to ask you all something. I've got this book, and I know it's going to be a bestseller. It's called Chicken Soup for the Soul. And I'm going to ask you, it's not it's not published yet, but I'm going to ask you to fill out an order form and put your credit card down. <laughs> and when we get this published, we'll send it to you. And Charlie goes, I was blown away. <laughs> to look at the whole audience filled out this form. Everyone was happy to just turn over their credit card. And he was like, I, I was just blown away that you would ask such a thing. Um, but Mark is honestly the boldest asker I've ever met. <laughs> and I think is that how we got you? Bold. <laughs> yes. Is that what yeah, yeah, we, we got to tell yes. that story? Please let her tell. Me. Well, it's funny because our friend, he's like, I want to write a, he's, he's a songwriter. He's, he's a very successful real estate guy, but he writes music. He said, I want to write a song about you guys. So he interviewed us. And I was talking about how, you know, he's like, how did Mark ask you? And I was like, well, that's hard to say because he asked me so many times. He goes, he asked you so many times. I was like, yeah, he just wanted to make sure, I think. <laughs> and he goes, well, what did you say every time? And I go, I just said yes again. And so he wrote this song called Say Yes Again. <laughs> but you got to tell him how we met. That's um, but, so we met. Um, funny thing, my mom got this. I was, I had my uh, life coaching practice in Scottsdale. And my clients were just having amazing results. Like people who had been depressed their entire lives were totally resolved within five appointments. I was doing emotional freedom technique, a combination of hypnotherapy, taking them deep into their childhood, you know, memories, like neutralizing things. So it was miraculous. I mean, literally in five appointments, suffering depression their whole lives. And they're like, I'd get emails like, I thank God the day you came into my life. I'm completely free of depression. So anyhow, so I'm writing this book about my client's success called Pure Thoughts for Pure Results. Um, he actually helped me come up with the title, the second part of it later. But um, so mom goes, I just got this email. I was just recently divorced. He had been divorced three years. Um, and she said, there is this Author 101 event going on in LA and there'll be publishers and publicists and Mark Victor Hansen will be there. And I was like, oh, woo, mom. Okay, well, when is it? And um, she goes, it was like the day after tomorrow. Yeah, you know, I was like, that's the day after tomorrow. And I said, I, I'm sure it's sold out, Mom. Really, I'm really busy. Who's going to watch the kids? And she goes, I'll watch the kids. Call them. So I'm like, okay, I'm just going to do this for my mom. I'll call them and see if I can get in. It, the guy called me back within less than five minutes. And it was Rick Frischman, big publicist at the time. He was, he was promoting the event, doing the event. And uh, Mark was the keynote speaker. So a day and a half later, I'm I'm going to this event. You know, I guess it's like this this thing has a life of its own. I guess I'm going. So I'm at the VIP room and I am so serious about promoting my book. I'm like, I'm only here. I'm all business. So I, I wasn't drinking any wine. I'm like, don't want any wine. Don't want anything. Just I'm talking to a speaking coach. And Mark was like in the corner of the room, was surrounded by this entourage of people. And suddenly this woman, there's a table next to me. And this woman from South America is talking with her hands as she knocks a glass of red wine on my white pants. 
me, the girl who's not drinking, right? And Mark must have been looking my way because he breaks out of his crowd and comes like, makes his way over to me and he grabs my hand. He's like, I'm so sorry this happened to you here. I think I know where the club soda is. Follow me. And he led me out of the room. And I was like, wow. Um, and so we just started talking. He started asking me about what I did. And he's, and suddenly he goes, you know, there's something about you. I think you could really change the world and especially really impact women. I'd love to hear more about your story, but I'm really hungry. Have you had dinner? And I said, no, I have not. He goes, well, would you like to come with me? But we need to go off the property because it's too many people be coming up to me all night. So I said, let me go change out of these pants. And I, it was funny. I ran up to my hotel room, called my mom, and I said, I only have a second. How are the kids? She's like, they're great. I said, you won't believe this. I'm going to dinner with Mark Victor Hansen. And she goes, I knew that. I knew that. I was like, really? <laughs> she just had some intuition, you know? Wow. Mother's go intuition. Mom. Yeah, go yeah. mom. Well, wait, wait to wait to step in and close, Mark. <laughs> wait, wait, listen like, to this. So, my so, nice, so we go to the best restaurant in Hollywood. It was like so 50 fun. people at 930 at night. And I go, oh, crap, a hundred dollar bill didn't get us in here tonight. So I said, <laughs> just let's just go wing it. We're in and, a really silly, like, funny Yeah, we're movie. having we're a ball like, together. Yeah. We're just falling in love and didn't even know it yet. Yeah. And we get to the gatekeeper, and the gatekeeper says, okay, because, you know, she's been a professional model and all, and said, okay, I know she's somebody. Who is she? Now, remember, I teach. You only ask questions. You don't answer. <laughs> I said, you don't recognize her? Now his head's going through People Magazine, <laughs> InStyle, <laughs> Vanity <laughs> Fair, everything he could think of. No? Who is she? Now, remember, we're both Danish, so of uh, descent. I said, she's a queen of Denmark. He said, no, she's not. He said, oh, my God, she is. Who are you? Back to questions. I, we're goofing, but I said, lie. who travels with a queen? <laughs> he said, oh, my God, you're the king. Hold on one second. That fast. <laughs> we so had the best silly. table in the restaurant. 50 <laughs> so people are going, what the hell is that? So right? We get that. the private tale. The little guy with a houndstooth pants is serving us privately. Calling us king and queen. And, you know, we're stuck now. But we just loved each other so ever since. So. Is it too late to tell him? I, I think we just should, nah, you just you gotta should roll with it. it. <laughs> nah, you roll with it the I know. whole time. We did. We were people having a lot of People are bowing as you're walking out. You're just waving so like kind of. <laughs> Really proper way. Because, yeah, like you know, it. the king and queen of Denmark just like look yeah, like ordinary not? people, right? Just, we're just waiting in line. They don't wear crowns or anything. You're right. That's awesome. All right. Well, and. Uh, so it's a fun thing to ask is what I'm saying. If what? you know how, and we just want everyone to know how. We we have a thing called, you can tell the email in a second, but we want to teach everyone to be a master asker. You want to tell where to go? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a free master class called The Book Ask. So, Yeah. The book ask. The book ask.com. There you go. The book ask. All so right. Go there. So you got the book. You guys are out pushing the book in 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 the uh response has been good, obviously. Phenomenal. Yeah, been great. Yeah. So yeah, worldwide. Great. Can I tell this morning? So our our publisher is post hill. We this is before we, we became a publishing company ourselves. I mean, and Anthony Zaccardi is a genius. He was gonna be president of, of Simon Schuster and decide to just do his own company because he really wanted freedom. And he wrote us this long letter and said, I can't believe this. He sends us a lot of letters, but today the letter came from Australia and the people said, the one story by Lynn Quist, which he can tell you, has totally changed my life. And it went on three pages, but it was so, I read it. She didn't get to read it because I got up early and read the emails this morning. Right. Well, we just have- Great feedback. Yeah, great feedback. And there are so many powerful stories in this book. We interviewed 21 people, really- people who've done powerful things, you know, and made such a difference through their asking journey. And um, it's fascinating to read it because you don't realize the power of one question until you, 
until you really take a deeper dive into this, which, and that's why when we wrote the book, we're like, or we got the idea. We're like, we have to share this. This is, this is gold, you know? So you guys kind of have a formula. I can kind of see some of this because if you look at like Napoleon Hill, um, he had proximity to some of the most powerful people in the world. And he leveraged it by going sure. and interviewing how many people? 500 people. 500 people turned into Think and Grow Rich. You know, almost- Sold 100 million during the depression. He got us, I say he got us out of the depression just like 1898, uh, Signs of Getting Rich, Wallace Waddles and, and the other book by Hiju Algier got us out of the depression, 1898. And that book did. And then my minister in New York, Norman Vince Peel, Power of Positive Thing, those two things revectored people's heads. Because depression happens for two reasons. Number one, we constipate trade, which is what we're doing right now, which is dumbass squared. And I'm really judgmental on that. And then number two is that if you think bad thoughts, if you ask yourself how to go bankrupt, you go bankrupt. If you start ask yourself, and we'll teach very specifically how to do it in a second if you're interested. But if you ask yourself, the size of your question determines the size of your result is one of the questions in there. So if you ask yourself, how am I going to make a million this year? Subconscious goes teleologically, beep, 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 beep. You say, how am I going to go right. bankrupt, which I did in 1974. I lost $2 million in one day. Check a book out of the library, the biggest library in the world, New York Public Library, how to go bankrupt by yourself. <laughs> Ask the wrong question. But it was my best, worst experience long term. But short term, man, I was trash. Yeah. So that's the formula, though, because you guys, you kind of took that interview style and said, they're onto something. Go find these stories. Go find these people. And, and the Chicken Soup for the Soul turned out to be this ridiculous series full of just stories. Right. right. These like really heartfelt, like leave you crying or leave you laughing, leave you full of joy or leave you totally like just emotional stories. Right. So, and that yeah, seems to be kind of a formula that you yeah. mirrored and modeled. Well, on we love stories. Yeah. Because stories, you know, stories are like metaphors for our lives. We can re- relate to stories emotionally. So it's, we, we really feel like it's important to use stories, the power of storytelling Um, What's one of the best stories in Chicken Soup for the Soul? The one that stands out the most to you where you're like, man, this, when it, when it hit, it hit and people just went nuts. By the way, every one of them does. That's why the books work. If they didn't, it wouldn't. We, we do, we scale it and we test it on the audience. uh, Like our publishers said, Chicken Soup for the Teenage Soul isn't going to sell because I got teenagers. They buy CDs, concert tickets and clothes and I give them 50 bucks and I say, where's the money? And they said, the mall ate it. Well, the, the, the story, just one little one is that a little four-year-old is in the kitchen with mommy and the next door neighbor is 82 and his wife just died and the little mommy's telling little kid what happened. He runs out the door, runs across. She opens up the blinds and sees him run up the stage to the next door neighbor, jump in this guy's lap who's out in the rocker. He's there for three hours. Comes back home and mom's wondering, what did you ever talk to our neighbor about? Said, nothing, mommy. I just helped him cry. It's a good one. That is a good one. It causes tears to my eyes still. Mm -hmm. uh, Right. We can (laughs) cause tears. We can cause laughter. We can go either direction. So precious. Yeah. In, in In that concept of teaching through storytelling, you think that's why Chicken Soup for the Soul was so powerful? What happened is Jack and I created a model where you had, here's the highway and here's the curbs, and we wouldn't go over the curbs, and it's it's seven things. But first of all, it's got to cause instantaneous behavioral change. If you read this story, it changes your life. Number two, it's got to cause good, good goosebumps, God bumps, chili bumps. 
and then I can go through all seven. But the point is, we had a formula, and and most stories didn't make it. Like people come up and say, "I sent you my story; it was the best story I've ever written, and it didn't make your book. You're terrible." And I go, "No, no, no, no. It's not me. The audience judges it without your name on it. It didn't have any famous. It didn't have Art Buckwalter in this city." If you were old enough, you remember Irma Bombeck, who was very funny. Like she, she gave us great stories. In she every had a book, few but good Irma Bombeck yeah. has cancer. She goes to the hospital here at we know the biggest hospital here in Arizona, and uh, they say go down to room thirty-seven. She goes in, starts taking off her clothes. And there's four <laughs> guys standing in suits, and they're aghast. They said, "What are you doing?" Said, well, aren't you cancer oncologist? She said, no, we're the painters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's hilarious. That's a good one. That's a good <laughs> no. one. Um, you mentioned, uh, you said that you went bankrupt or almost went bankrupt. No, I went bankrupt. 1974. Four. Um, what, what happened there? What happened is I was building, I'd, I'd been in graduate school, the smartest guy on the planet. Bucky, Dr. R. Buckminster Fuller was Einstein's best student. 2,000 major inventions, 40 Amazing. books, 110 honorary doctorates, 15 doctorates just at Harvard and different things that you know, I never heard of before I heard Bucky and met him. And I, I just went, holy cow. He said 10 things in the first five minutes. I heard him. There's an audience of 5,000. We're going to talk about cosmogonies, synergetic, energetic geometry. I never heard any of these words. And I thought, God, I got a four point. I'm supposed to be really smart. And I'm an idiot. At first time I understood what sophomoric meant, that I thought I was puffy about myself. I now hear somebody that's a genius, that's really the top guy. And I've done a lot of videos on him on YouTube. The point is, Bucky just wowed my soul. And he said, we're going to make the world work for 100% of humanity. So I go beg and work for him and then travel with him for seven years and study all that stuff. But I, I tried to be Bucky. I built the wall. I owned a company called Dome East. And, and we built New York uh, in New York City. We were building the Wall Street Racquet Club, Botanica Gardens, aviaries, houses out of spherical buildings that Bucky invented made out of triangles. And what happens is a, a, a building like that is like an eggshell. It's one one hundredth the thickness of the shell, and it's stronger. It has what's called tensegrity. And I was buying out of building the superstructures out of plastic polyvinyl chloride, and Monsanto was the biggest manufacturer, and they shut me off. I was doing 40000 a month, and I thought I was smoking. And all of a sudden, the oil embargo hits, and like that, I'm out of business in one day. It's like because that's what it was made out of. Yeah, yeah, that's where products. that's our, yeah. our. And I didn't know, and and so that's why I had to go bankrupt. So for six months, I want to kill myself, and I'm sleeping. And you didn't even see that Achilles heel. I didn't even see it coming. No, yeah. and Achilles heel means you know the our, the Greek story about the arrow hits the Achilles heel, and that's where the blood transfers in the body, so you bleed to death. Mm -hmm. So I was bleeding yeah. to death, and I thought back to the three questions: God, should I kill myself, or God? What does he want me to do? God doesn't answer that way. He answered, I could hear him audibly in my head, what do you want to do? Holy cow, what a question. Well, in the yeah. middle of the night, I couldn't sleep. I said, I want to talk to people that care about things that matter that make a life-changing difference. So I go down to my three roommates. We're paying $100 a month, and I'm sleeping in a sleeping bag in front of another guy's room. So you can see it's, it's so bad. I'm not styling and profiling <laughs> at that moment because they took everything from me in the eastern district of, of Long Island at that time. And I said, I want to be a speaker. Any of you guys know somebody that's young, that's not a Broadway star, a celebrity, a lawyer, a doctor, or a cotton top. I need somebody I can relate to age-wise because I'm only 26 or 25 years old. Guy says, here's a ticket to go here, Chip Collins. He turns around a real estate market here. He wowed the audience, 500 people. What was his name? Chip Collins. Because yeah. he, he also trained the lady on Where do you on meet Bucky and Chip? And <laughs> like, you, got a lot, you got a lot of colorful people out of New York that you're running into. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take you there in a second. But 
I, I go up to Chip at the end. I said, look, can I take you to lunch? He said, what do you want to do? Now he's 10 years older than I am. He's got I met over. a guy named Bucky and we did acid together in, in Kansas some <laughs> at some point. And I remember Bucky. Yeah, just me and Bucky doing yeah. some acid yeah. with the goats in the middle of wasn't Buckminster Greensburg, Fuller, Kansas. Though. There's probably a different Bucky. I'm probably guessing. a different Bucky. Okay, right. Sorry our, to interrupt you. I didn't, no, 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 not no, the no one problem. that worked with Einstein. No, no my Bucky Fuller. definitely didn't work didn't with Einstein. All right, so because Bucky had written a book when when Einstein came out with, I'll do this side real quick. But when Einstein came out with the Eagles MC squared, nobody could understand it. Fuller, who is the smartest guy to graduate Harvard that year, so wrote e equals MC squared for Mrs. Jones, so anyone could understand it. E is all the energy of physical universe equals mass, hard like this table or our body bones, or or C is all the sunlight or light of of universe or this room, and and he sent and he goes to publish it and they say. Look, kid, you're 24 years old, and and uh, nobody ever heard of you. And there's only 11 people that understand e equals mc squared, and your name ain't on this list. He said, "There's only one guy that knows if I know this stuff." He said, "Who's that, sir?" He said, "Dr. Albert Einstein. He's over at Princeton." Three weeks later, Bucky gets a call from Princeton, and he had. A, if you watch the Tin Types, he's got a very Germanic voice. Of course, come from Germany as a genius, and he says, "Young man, you absolutely miss me." Come over here at the Princeton and be with me. Wow. Well, Bucky gets there. He had a flat tire. And back in the old days, we didn't have tires that recycled and all that stuff. So, and he self illuminated, self inflated. So, Bucky gets there and is apologetic. And Albert said, Look, I live in the universe. There's no time or space in the universe. And, and the story goes on and on, but just it's a wow of a story. And then, anyhow, so I, I meet Chip back to the, I, I said, Let me take you to lunch. He said, What do you want, kid? I said, I want to do what you do. He said, look, chance you making is one in a thousand. You ain't going to make it. I said, let me decide that. I've been sung since I was nine years old. Just tell me what to do. He tells me what to do, tells me the questions, which, but he said, you got to stay out of real estate because I own the five boroughs here. And at the time you- He didn't want to create a competitor, but he would help you become a great speaker. We, we became right. a mastermind partner. Every Friday at four o'clock, yeah. we met and went over stuff. And I transcended his success pretty quick just because he didn't want to work as hard because he's making- he thought a hundred grand a, lot, a year was a lot, and I met in the life insurance business. The guy said, "Look, Mark, Ben Feldman, the world's best salesman ever at the time. He outsold 1,500 of the 1,800 insurance companies, and I had lunch like you and I are meeting now. And he said, "Look, the difference between $400 a day, 250 workdays, and 4,000 a day, 250 workdays is a million. So all you got to do is change one zero in your mind, Mark, and you'll make a million a year." He said, "Is it important to you to keep your kid alive?" Would you would you make four thousand one day if your kid's life depended? I said, heck yeah, started making four thousand a day. It just changed mind. This is why watching shows like this, one little idea like that, changed my mind. I hope it'll change people watching their mind. I hope they'll read all my books. I wrote seven major money books, but you know, Chip and I just helped. He said, call in ten people, one will do it. And I was doing four seminars, you know, uh, a day. You know, I'd start in the morning, and all the seminars in New York, eighteen million people were in the same building, so. Metropolitan, Guardian, State Farm, all be in one building, all would say Metropolitan or Prue on the top. And I made a, a fortune. And then they said, well, do you have that story in a book? And I first book, this is the biggest mistake I made. I did a book called Stand right. Up, Speak on Win, sold 20,000 copies to little audiences, all cash, $10 each, that's 200 grand. Well, 1975, man, that's like $2 million. <laughs> I was back. I didn't do another book for four years. That's why I teach now in our company, markvictorhensonlibrary.com, which is a publishing house that ghost writes and edits books do a lot of books. They can't buy it if you don't put it in the covers. Right. When I hear you say that, I think a lot about like how I operate in my real estate education company. You know, you put out a, how to make money in real estate uh, in wholesaling. 
if I don't create another product after that, and if I don't have a product matrix, if I don't have fresh new stuff, first off, your return, your, your customers can't return Correct. buy anything That's else. Right. And it doesn't maybe bring new customers in your world that want something totally different. But then once they get in there, they're, oh, I also want this other thing. I, 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 they get exposed to that. So well, this is the S curve advice. To, yeah, the S curve in business is you put money into the front end, it starts to go up. So chicken soup one is selling. And, and we had a little three by five card. We read it four times a day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and you program your mind. Most importantly, right before you go to sleep, it said, I'm so happy and glad that we're going to sell a million and a half in a year and a half signed by Mark Jack and our publisher. And Jack and I really earnestly believed imploding that into our mind. to set, set You wrote goal. this goal down. Yeah. And, and, and oh, then we yeah. sold a million three. So we're 200,000 short. But then next year I said, Jack, we're going to go to 5 million. The mind doesn't care. Right, whether you do a little or a lot, to so go for a lot, go. And I did a whole set of tapes, how to think bigger than you ever thought you could think, which are bestsellers at Nightingale Cone. Then we did. We said, well, that works. So then we said, well, let's sell ten million a year, and we did that. Then we said, let's go for fifteen million a year, and nobody had ever done that. Mark, where do you get all? You're seventy five years old. Yeah, but I'm going to live to be one hundred twenty seven. <laughs> I was going to say you got a lot of energy, man. <laughs> this so is this is uh, just watching you go. You're like wound up. You're like, let's go. And and I and well, I, and I want I everyone to let so go. I can tell you're a great salesperson because you weave in things that are important. The call to actions. You open right. loop the frame. The story. To, I I love it. Like as somebody who studies greatness, like it's it's really cool to have conversations like this. Um, Thank you. With all these people, I can tell you, you're being imprinted. You're you're learning a ton Correct. through all this stuff. What are some of the biggest lessons that that you've taken away from, like maybe like a book, like um, uh, Think and Grow Rich? Like what are what are those mo like things inside Think and Grow Rich that you're like? First off, everybody needs to read that book, and second off, here's the most important thing in this book. Okay, so I, I've got a bunch of videos on YouTube on Think and Grow Rich because I've been asked to do it, and, and they're some of the most watched videos on YouTube, so I'm very thankful. But number one, he said, you got what? what is your desire? What is your dominating thought? What are you making your magnificent obsession? That's number one. And number two is it's got to be in writing, and he says that on page 36 of the paperback edition. Number three is you got to have a team to get your dream. One and one equals 11. And, and he, he learned it from Andrew Carnegie. And Andrew Carnegie, I've been to both of his houses in New York and in Dornock, Scotland. I paid the money. Like it just, and I can talk to that. But he said, you got to write your goal. Look at it four times a day, like I said. But he said, what you got to do with the team is you got to bring together 12 because Andrew Carnegie's reading the New Testament and said, holy cow. Jesus didn't do his first miracle of mine, a miracle turning water into wine at Canaan until he had 12 disciples synchromesh go in the same direction. It's like all the batteries got to be connected. And, and he said, look, if that guy can do miracles, I can do miracles in marketing and manufacturing steel. And then you got to visualize it to realize it. And yes, I did a whole set of tapes on that, but Carnegie could see this giant that steel was going to change the world. And, and he said, it doesn't matter what they do to me. I'm going to create the stuff. So he created Bessemer Steel. He starts making the railroads and he's shipping all the oil for Rockefeller who wants to take over his business. He doesn't know it. And he starts shipping the oil in, in types rather than on a railroad. And, and so he thought he'd put him out of business, just the opposite. He said, all I got to do is go to prayer, visualize, keep doing what we teach in our book, Ask, uh, 101 times, say, what is the new use for Bessemer Steel? What's the new use for Bessemer Steel? And he builds the Empire State Building because it needed strength. All buildings until 1868 were all two or three stories. Just all you got to do is look in any old town, cowboy town, because that's all that would stay up in the wind and everything. So he builds the highest building in the world, and that changed the whole world. So what I'm teaching in that and what Hill teaches, but my line is, 
you know, your problems or opportunities with work close on and you got to figure out what the solution is. And the only way is, like Crystal said, when you ask God, you go into the higher because you got a physical body, you got a brain that the school taught, you got an imagination, which is, sorry, you got a mind, which is imagination, intuition. But the higher level of that is what is the spiritual stuff, the new sphere, the consciousness, the Christ consciousness. It exists all the time, but Oh no, I'm bankrupt. I'm upside. No, no. You go to a higher consciousness, you'll figure out a solution because there's always a solution. And the guy that does them best now is Elon Musk. They tell him, shut down the car dealership. Instead of doing that, he calls up the head of 3M and said, look, I got 3D printing. I got the metal. I got the manufacturer. I got the people. I'll make your uh, respirators, whatever those things were called. And uh, we'll split 50-50. Well, he also made 90,000 cars. Everybody else is shut down. What is he? He's bigger now than the three biggest car companies in the world because he kept working when everybody else shut down. And that's the point. You're going to have problems. That in, When I was going to be a doctor of physiology and a guy introduced me to Bucky, right? Because you asked that question, I'll intrinsically say Dr. Alfred Miller, who is part of NASA with Bucky. Bucky's senior advisor. He's head of physiology. He said the first sign of life is always a problem. So many of our listeners reach out and they ask us how they can get involved in my actual real estate deals. Our investment firm specializes in finding deeply discounted properties, acquiring them, renovating, stabilizing both single family and multifamily properties all over the United States. That's why we're so excited to share with you clevercapitalfund.com. Now, if you have some investment capital and you want to deploy it and receive double digit returns back by real estate, then visit our website and see which fund is right for you. We have both equity funds and we have debt funds where you just get paid out every month like clockwork. All you got to do is visit www.clevercapitalfund.com today to learn more. You stub your toe bad enough, you're going to know you're alive. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you said a lot right there. There's a lot there, to, there was a lot lot to unpack. Yeah, there right. was a lot to unpack. I'm trying to think like what 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 really resonated or what's most important. But um, it's you were actually taking that advice though that was in Think and Grow It. You were applying all that stuff as you were building out the chicken soup for the soul, trying to get it off the ground. Totally. You and Jack, you up until that point, you you were speaking and doing other things, but you hadn't hit it, right? No. You hadn't hit it big. No, no um, I sold a lot of books and sold a lot of products, but nothing compared to chicken soup. Yeah. Um. Well, and then it must work. Yeah. You applied it and it worked. Yeah, well, back to Chip Collins. Every Friday, we met at 4 o'clock for two hours, and we go over one chapter of Think and Grow Rich until we took ownership of it. Because it, 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 there's four levels to a book. There's the book, the words in the book, the meaning of the book, but then the understanding of the book, which is is metaphysical. And Bucky always said the top of physics, which he was a doctor of physics, is metaphysics, right? And metaphysics is what is your understanding and utility of that? And that's why... Elon Musk, who says, look, I was head of the smartest guy in physics, the smartest guy in economics back at Wharton. But the point is, as, as a physicist, you can't break physical laws, but you can transmute human law. That's the point. And that's what Andy did. That's what Carnegie did. That's what Andrew Carnegie did. That's what Napoleon Hill learned from Andrew Carnegie and 500 superstars of his time. And that's what we've learned because... I, I would say that we're friends with more than that because we got more travel, more communication, and we're living longer than Dr. Hill did. What if I'm an atheist? Ooh, good. How do Ooh, I? You're asking the right woman. Yeah, I know. No, no, no. This is great. I, I want. I want to touch on this. I'm an atheist, and this is. I was. I would consider myself a an atheist for many years. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, when I was a kid, 
my mom was heavily religious mm-hmm. and we went to church. We did all the right, things, right, like, you right. know, read the Bible, went to Sunday school, um, loved the Left Behind series, read the yes. entire series, fantastic yes. series, so good. great storytelling. Revelation scares the crap out of me. It's like a movie, right? And right. so you're like, whoa, this was cool. The thing that pulled me away and shut me down was my grandparents were heavily Pentecostal and they spoke in tongues and their eyes rolled back and they did the snake handling thing and they flopped on the ground and they did like all the wacky stuff that scares me. Yeah. And then I'm watching the monetization of religion and, and the, and how humans just do a great job of, you know, commoditizing everything. And you're just like, how is this right? And this wrong? How is this, you know, like, how, how come these people say this thing, but realistically they're doing this over here. Right. You're a preacher, but you have a private jet and you're balling out because right. you're telling people the only way to get to heaven is if you tied or tied. Tithe, yeah. Um, and all, none of it made sense to me. And then when I was about 10, my grandpa, who was a little German recovering alcoholic, very, very poor, my whole, there, we grew up in trailer parks and stuff. Our whole tr- a lot of my mom's side of the family was from the Appalachian Mountains. Oh, interesting. Very yeah. poor. Wow. Kind of inbred poor. Like, just like <laughs> right. my three uncles were like misfits, poor dr- addicted to drugs, yeah. went to Vietnam, came back yeah. all addicted to heroin. Yeah. One died in prison, um, mm. went to prison for Sad. being a pedophile. Another oh, one was laundering money for the Russian mafia right. in Atlanta. Um, he owned a bar and somehow they infiltrated him and they were, they were like, <laughs> uh, I guess there was these little gambling machines that were on the bar tops and they can do these like gambling, whatever. And they were laundering money through that. And then they got in trouble and wow, he, he became an informant. Like all this stuff was this happening. Like, it stuff. was a mess. And right. then the, my other uncle is a professional con artist. He finds <laughs> sweet old ladies to live off of and <laughs> oh boy. finds government grants that he can weasel his way in and never actually does anything. He's just a total con artist. But I'm experiencing this moment where my grandpa was watching me and I'm probably 10, mm-hmm. something like that. And he cornered me and he started speaking in tongues. And I was really, really scared. And I remember the fear. I wanted out of that corner so bad. Mm-hmm. And he was speaking in tongues. He did it for like 10, 12, 15 wow. minutes. It felt like an eternity. Wow. And by the time he was done, he came out of whatever this trance like state was. I'm crying and he's grabbing my shoulders, pushing me back and forth. And he, and he said, Cody, someday you're going to lead a big flock. You're going to be a pastor. You've been ordained. You did it. And I'm looking at him like, I will do anything, <laughs> not that's what that anything looks like. to not be in this place right. with you right now. Like right. I could not, I was so scared. And I said, nope, I'm done. Yeah. Understandably. Fast forward now, fast forward. I'm, I am, uh, for the last two years, you know, kind of getting back in. I've been doing a lot of prayer, reading the Bible, going to church, building that muscle, like really right. working hard on the spiritual mm-hmm. side of my life. Um, and it's, it's been great. It's been, yeah. uh, it's been great to form that relationship with God. My intimacy circles were all jacked up and that's a whole nother podcast of how I, how I, how you have to hit rock bottom sometimes to like really yeah, wake up and, you do. and think, 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 re- reorganize your life. But the reason I'm asking is you guys keep going back to this, like kind of like ask and get plugged into your creator, get plugged into yeah. God tap into the source. What if I don't believe? Well, well. so here's the thing. Just going back to everything you've said, human beings will always let us down. We we are. We live in this world of, of dark and light, you know, black and white. There are sinners. There are, you know, we, we mess up all the time. There will always be human beings inside of any institution, whether it's a church or a business, 
who will exploit opportunities, take advantage of people, right? Um, do a lot of bad, nasty things. So I think it's so important not to equate organized religion, churches, with that personal spiritual relationship with God. They're two very different things. Um, you know, because your relationship with God, with the creator of the universe, is just you and God. It really has nothing to do with anybody else. And then, you know, exploring the Bible is a really good way because that is the history of the people from our past who exploit and recorded, explored and recorded their relationship with God and the things that were revealed to them. And it can be pretty magical, actually. Um, but for me, there's so much more evidence um, to believe in God than to not believe in God. I mean, when you look at just the complexity of this, not just the whole universe, but our world. I mean, you look at the geometry of a plant or the structure of a peach, and you look at the way that that geometry repeats itself, and and you look at the beauty and the magnificence. So, you know, you like you look at the beauty of flowers, just like all the varieties of flowers, and you go, and 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 the smell and how much delight and joy that brings us, like as human beings, right? Or to eat fresh fruit. And you say, well, you know, I, I go, well, that, that's the beautiful creation. God made that for us. And you go, no, no, no. You know, you might argue, well, no, birds, birds like the flowers. They go to the flowers. But do you know the way birds see flowers? They don't see the colors. They don't see the colors of flowers. They see flowers in kind of a monochrome picture. So why did the flowers, why do we, who the Bible says we're created in our creator's image, right? That means we must be, if that's true. We are creative beings, right? And so if you look at the complexity and the beauty of this universe that was created and, and this world was given to us, right? To human beings. Like we said that we have dominion over this world. We do, right? We do. I mean, we can control the animals, can control the world. All of this beauty and complexity and elegance, you know, and, and almost the gifts, like why are strawberries so sweet and mangoes taste so good? Is that is that just a random thing where a bunch of dirt got thrown together, you know, and some forces of the universe and just created this beautiful artistry? For me, to me, there's no way you can ever explain that, right? Because when you look at creation, especially a human being, the complexity, the elegance, and the beauty. And I was listening to this microbiologist one day, and he said he spent like six years. Um, in a, in a motorhome by himself in the woods because he was going to get to the bottom of this whole, like, is there a creator? What is the first cause, right? Just looking at our biomolecular functions, right? Um, and he said, basically, what I arrived at is there's something, because there are like thousands of these things that are going on in your body you're not even aware of, these enzymatic functions and metabolic functions, and it's, it's creating this homeostasis in your body. How is that happening? What is holding that together? What is holding this beautiful, elegant life together, right? And he he was going to get to the bottom of it. And he said, the only thing I could arrive at, because you, you keep looking like this triggers this and this triggers this. But at the end of that trail, he said, the only thing I could find is it's almost like there's this really intelligent, loving force that is holding life together. And um, for me, it's just so easy um, because I can't, if you look at the world and you study the world and you look at the beauty of the world, 
And, and some of those things that we read in the Bible, um, they just prove out to be true. You know, we're created in the creator's image. There's no other animal that has an imagination but us, human beings. We can think of something, whether it's a piece of art, an invention, a business, a business plan, a way to pull things together, a strategy. And from just this vision, this in the stage of our imagination, we can bring that to life, something that didn't exist before. To me, that's just validation that says, yeah, we are created in our creator's image, aren't we? So what are we doing with it? You know, because along with that huge gift, there's also responsibility, right? Because if that's true, I'm not the only one who's created in the creator's image. Every single person you meet is. And so what so do you do about that? So is the answer to ask anyway? Ask anyway. Ask. Ask. Because you there's no way you created yourself. Ask. You don't have to be sure. And what most people don't like when they stop believing or don't believe is that they just don't have a clear vision or they say, you know, that punishing God in the sky. So if you just said, look, you know, creator of the universe, whoever you are, whatever being, whatever shape you are, if you're there, you know, I have a question. Just start asking, right? Just say, do it anyway. Do it anyway. Ask, build the muscle. Build the muscle. Ask, what do you have to lose? Yeah, but, makes sense. Right? Yeah. Can I add? Yeah. So what happens with atheism, and that's what's taught at the biggest schools, Harvard and Yale and Oxford and Cambridge, is and, and the guy who fights them, and you can see him on YouTube. We love yeah, him. His name is fabulous. Dr. John Lennox. He's argued and debated every one of these guys. And he said, every one of you guys is saying nothing times nothing equals something. That's not even possible. Nothing times zero times zero equals zero. You got to have something to create something. And and he, God is something, gave us something. We can create something magnificent. The point, let me do it as elemental as I can. I just came up with this. You can't have a garden without a gardener. You can't have an oak tree without an acorn. You can't have a universe without what she said, the causeless cause. Now, the causeless cause is an a priori intelligence. That means an intelligent before reason. And his intelligence before reason, based on our science, which is also, you know, godlike, is is 15 billion years old. And our little planet is about 5 billion years old. And yeah, we need to understand it, but it didn't, this, there are three great watchmen in the world. This is one of the three great watches. This is a Ulysses and Arden, exceedingly expensive. It didn't fall out of the sky. And, and what she's saying about the complexity of the human body didn't fall out of nowhere. Photosynthesis doesn't fall out of nowhere. Plants always know you plant an acorn, it sucks up all the nutrient it needs, turns into an oak tree. Or let me do better. One last story is that one of, one of the little kids, we have a 12-year-old who's going to replant a trillion trees and balance the ecology. That's all we need to get the hydrological cycle, the ecology cycle, everything working. And he's planting from mulberry to apple because he said, Mark, what is, what, what, tell me the myth that, so I understand it. So I said, it's not a myth. It's a guy named John Chapman, but we call him Johnny Appleseed. And you've seen the cartoons with your kids and all that. But here's a guy who said, look, everyone's going to go west. I'm going to plant the trees so they have something to eat. One apple, anyone, Bob Shuler taught me, Dr. Shuler taught me, anyone can count the seeds in an apple, but nobody can count the apples in the seed. One apple becomes an apple tree that has a million apples during a hundred year life. That's the average. He planted 15,000. 
But every one of those apples, we can reforest the planet, which is why we had the Dust Bowl in the Midwest, because they cut down all the trees. Well, hell, you're going to have a Dust Bowl if you're stupid. It has what we call unexpected consequences. Right now, we got a lot of imbeciles in politics that are giving unexpected consequences. And I know that our friend Robert Kiyosaki was in here flaming about it. And I know we happen to agree with most everything he says. Yeah. What do you, what, how do you feel about how things are going right now? You know, let's, let, let's, let's shift, let's shift uh, over to, you know, some money talk. So the only solution, as far as I'm concerned, is I did a whole tape on Elon Musk, because here's a guy who owns seven, not one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, multi-billion dollar companies, but the ones that no one thinks about is 40,000 Starlink satellites in the air. What does that mean? That means he can communicate. Now, what did he do? He just bought back when he created PayPal with Peter Thiel, he created X.com credit card. He's going to charge you 1% on a credit card, but you're going to pay $8 a month. That's a subscription. And that's how, you know, Amazon takes in $200 billion every January 1st when we all pay our Amazon thing, right? So we're prime. And there are people out there not prime. You're going to have to look up how this works. But the point is, he's going to give a new credit card. That's going to usurp and outthink the Federal Reserve because Powell and Yellen are not very bright as far as I'm concerned. Now, I know I'm being critical and judge not being not judge, but the point is you've got to empirically look at the evidence. We have the skyrocketing inflation all created because we're not pumping oil. We got a thousand years of oil in America and we own an alternative company. We've got pop-up windmills and pulsating waves. We got cool machines in our company, naturalpowerconcepts.com, but they're being prevented now because of idiots in politics who say, no, no, we don't need that. We talk green, but we that's rhetoric. That's not reality. And I'm talking about the biggest energy company in America, which we wasted four years talking to because these guys all talk a good scene, but they're lying. And I'm saying, I only want to deal with people that talk the truth. You promise me something, I promise you something, I deliver what I promise. That's it. Real simple. That's do unto others, right? That's not what has happening in politics. They say this, but they're doing this. Right. And I think more now more than ever, we need to start asking ourselves as individuals. We have to understand government is broken. It's broken. It's just a bunch of corrupt bureaucrats. There's corruption everywhere. They're not looking out for the good of the people. Sadly, that's just... That's just the reality. So these problems are only going to be solved by us. So we need to, need to be asking, what are the solutions that we can we can come up with together? And I think that's why Elon Musk is so successful and we're all like, he's our superhero right now because he is just um, going forward with really excellent ideas. And we have to bypass what these bad ideas that are being foisted upon us, um, you know, stopping oil production while we're buying it from our enemies is just the silliest thing in the world. So it just shows you there are payoffs and other interests. It makes no sense, right? It makes no sense whatsoever. We're not ready to go to a green economy. We have no infrastructure. I mean, it's absurd. So we just raised our prices and that made everything else go up. So obviously the people in power right now are not connected to the needs of the people. So we need to connect to each other and ask ourselves constantly, like, how do we create our own economies? How do we, you know, trade? How do we cr just basically create an entire economy? And I really think that's what's going to happen Outs outside it, of this old system, this old system that's just been so corrupted. So let me just add to what she said. So I did a YouTube video on, we need 10 Elon Musks. Yeah, we and, do. And I got 28 letters the next day from people saying, I'm him. Now I'd said during the thing that <laughs> yeah. the cover story <laughs> from Steve um, Forbes, who I like a lot, Steve says, look, there's going to be 
a hundred, hundred billion dollar a company, AI companies, artificial intelligence. We're part of three. So, and I'm sure there's out there. So when I got those 20 letters, I said, God, there's great help because we owe 30.5 trillion, not counting on funded debts. We're close friends with Dr. Harry yes. Dent. We travel around the world with Harry and Harry says, look, there's $280 trillion worth of unfunded debt. We need entrepreneurship. That's why I That's love right. coming on this show with you. I hope we get invited back. I hope it's been useful to the people listening. The point is we need more entrepreneurs because it's small business, it's all business, and we need small government and big entrepreneurs, not big business and no entrepreneurs. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't <laughs> agree more. That's why we started the show. And Amen. this is why I love real estate. You know, it's it's something that I think every single person, you know, you can't control prices. You can't control right. what the politicians are doing. You can't control what's happening with gas or the economy, but you can handle your own little economy. Yes, you, you can, can handle your own skills and capabilities. Yep. You can start that business. You can yep. hire people that are in your community. You can build your little network and build your financial wall around you and your family so you can protect yourself from the insanity that's going on because it is going to get worse. You touched on something I want to I want to ask because AI is going to disrupt the publishing industry. It's going to disrupt people writing books in one day cover to cover with graphics. It, where do you see AI interrupting what you guys are doing at the Mark Victor Hansen? Is it Mark Victor Hansen Publishing? Oh, Mark library. Victor Hansen Library. Library.com. Because okay. library. yeah. I'm Library 3.0. Library 1.0 is Alexandria when he, at 28 years old, took all the wisdom of the world and put it in Alexandria, Egypt. Library 2.0 is the guy we were talking about, Andrew Carnegie, created 2,851 libraries free for everybody and only 1% of us have a library card, which he should have charged, then it would have seen more value. So we're library 3.0 because we're literally going to communicate, educate, and share wisdom with the whole world and have our own platform and all that. The, the AI is wonderful and terrible. Everyone says, well, even Elon Musk says it's dangerous. It's dangerous unless you got put value in it, you put morality in it, you put ethics in it. That's what he's saying. It's like fire. It warms up this beautiful building we're in, but it'll burn it down. And the, the, it's not the fire. It, it's who's doing what. And, and you got fire extinguishers and all that. So the point is, is that AI is going to have some great stuff. And we're part of some stuff that I can talk about if you want. But it is so exciting because AI cannot really write the book. Now, it can write a book, but it can't be your book. And it's not going to be imaginative. And remember, we're specializing in fiction because a fiction book sells 10,000 to 1 over nonfiction. The world's best-selling fiction book is not one of mine. It's The Alchemist right, by a guy down in Brazil. He sold 150 million copies, but the people that are making our movie- What's his name, Paulo, Paulo, yeah. Coelho? Paulo yeah. Coelho, yeah. yeah. I can't even ever say his Paolo. name. Yeah, Paolo but he's just Coelho. got a movie out, and I'm I'm predicting he will sell 500 million of, of The Alchemist, which everyone should read. I've read it three times. It's yeah, that great critical book. a book. Yeah, and you've so read good. it. I mean, almost nobody that's educated you know hasn't read it. It's like everyone's read a chicken soup book. So that's why I've had a billion readers at least because of the pass-along value. And, and the, so it's exciting. AI is wonderful and terrible at the same time. But you can say fires, fire is the first invention for mankind, in case you didn't know it. And it was wonderful. It heated them up, but it also burned the forest when they didn't know how to control it. So you think uh, there is a place for AI in Absolutely. the publishing space that's a, that's a healthy place? Right. It's a, safe, it's a safe place if people have values, ethics, and morality. Now, publishers that don't have that are going to screw up the whole marketplace for themselves, not for me. Yeah. Well, it's been a game changer for, at least in my little world, just like coming up with ideas, content creation, headlines, 
uh, marketing concepts, you know, for, for a content creation tool, at least in its current form yeah. for the masses, it makes it so every single person needs to, to start playing around with it and learn oh, yeah. how to become a professional prompter. Cause that's really what it is. We have to learn how to ask it. That's eh, right. Eh, you do. Eh, you got to learn how to ask it. It's all about the, the question, the isn't right it? Which question, and if you give yeah. it the right input, it can right. create decent outputs. What I found, at least in its current world, is gets you about 80% there. You still have to take it the other 20%. You have to right. modify it and all that right. other stuff. These are the, 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 the types of businesses I want to invest in or think about are essential services. I, I'm looking kind of like from the eyes of like a private equity fund. Like if I was to start and scale a business right now in my life, what type of business would I do? It'd be non-disruptable AI businesses. Yeah. It'd be things that only people can do. And I think this is where a lot of money, Wall Street money is going to go to these non-essential services or these uh, 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 essential services yeah. that you can't destroy with AI, right? Exactly. Like you, can't, you can't automate with AI. That's right. 10, 15 years from now, a plumber still a plumber. That's right. You need somebody to clean, come There's take no care way, of your toilet. They're no going to show up at your house. AI is ever going to take gonna that. going to do over. it. And so it's like, those are the types of businesses. <laughs> if I'm going to put five, 10 yep. years of my life into building and scaling right. something, young guys, if you're out there, yeah. think of those types of businesses. Trades. Uh, and because they're very sellable, you know, and we have a common friend. His name is Tommy Mello. He, you published his book. Called right. Elevate. Elevate, right? And it's right now rocking at number one. And he's at the beginning. He's got like, I think he's telling you 150 seminars booked in the next two years. Yeah. He can't help but rock this to the top. Yeah. What's cool about Tommy, he started a company called A1 Garage Services. And, uh, you know, I bought my garage doors from him. You bought yeah. your garage doors from him. <laughs> right. um, but that company really scaled here in the Valley and Big it's time. scaling even beyond that. He's and in 35 states going to 50 in Canada. So it'll be a billion dollar company. Yeah. He's, he's on the rocket ship right yep. now. And then he came to you and said, hey, I got a vision for a book. Let's go. And that's what your publishing company does. You You take authors and experts and say, or really experts and turn them into authors, authors. Yeah. through helping them actually structure the whole thing. Cause we don't know what the hell we're doing when yeah, it comes no, to no. publishing uh, and uh, launching uh, Right. A book. Most people can't write a book. No. I mean, it's really hard. Most people who are really successful, honestly, don't know how to write. And they, they, they don't, we don't want have time to, for they don't want to, they get frustrated. They try to sit down and write a book. So we just take all your best ideas and listen to you and put them in a book. Yeah. You have the machine to actually Right. Yeah, we yeah, have we have the best writers. I mean, the it's, best it's writers incredible. in the world. And, yeah. and what we're saying is, Beautiful, look, it is writers. the best business card you'll ever have. If you give me a business card, I chuck it. If you give me a book and sign it to me, like we're going to yeah. sign that book to you before we leave, you're not going to chuck it, and it's going to be to you, Cody, and family. So all Makes future progeny, all future Makes generations are going to get it. Because I don't throw away Mark Twain books or or Clive Cusser books or anybody else books that I got signed. Look, you, I haven't really seen a big, bigger needle mover than becoming a best-selling author. So it true. is one of the best so things in the business world, at least, is totally. one of the best things. And it set, it opens doors. It sets you up for success. It, like you said, it is kind of a, a brag point. It's a it's a door opener. It's a um, business card. It's all the things. And I told you, we're going to do something together because I told you, I own real, uh, selfmademillionaire.com. Such a great. Oh, and I bought it for this purpose because I believe that we can create a self-made millionaire series yes. of books. I think that there's a marketplace for that. And I knew it wasn't going to be around me. I wanted to tell stories. I wanted it to be a fictional book, but that really leaned in on the financial literacy component in different niches. And I can see the grand vision of it scaling mm -hmm. to a bunch of different niches. So we go... We, 
We got we're some business. Right, and it. we integrate both because like in the Ask book, it's not just stories. There's a lot of how-to. There's a lot of tools, like yeah. really practical tools, but you have to back it up with the story so you can really, really feel what you need to do. Um, if I have an idea for a book and I came to you, do I have to be the world's leading expert in this niche? No, but you got to be willing to pay. If we're going to ghostwrite it with you, it's twenty nine thousand nine hundred. If if you've got it done, and we got to make it irresistibly compelling writing, and it's done, we fix it up, cover it, do everything, publish it, take it to number one. But that's eighteen thousand. But most people need us to, like she said, take your ideas, your stories, your principles, your message, and 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 make them wonderful. Because the middle word of what you just said, authority, is author. And there's, there's nothing more important than you authoring some part of your life to go. And let's talk about why it's important. When you transition out of life, first of all, it'll say your name, how old you are. And the next thing it says your book. It doesn't say your wife. It doesn't say you made millions. It doesn't say anything. <laughs> so it's going to say your, your self-made millionaire book or book series now. All right. Author like, of. Yeah. No, it, it, yeah. I didn't make it up. That's the, Author if they're writing works, an obit yeah. on me, they're going to have a lot of books, but you know. Yeah, that's going to be a long obituary. Yeah, <laughs> a, long, a lot of obituary. books underneath. Hey, I do like your watch, by the way. What, Thank what's, you. What does something like that cost me? Ulysses Nardo. What did you, what did you this, pay back then? That's fancy. It's probably more by now. Way, look at the back and see how many awards it's got. There's no watch that has what more is, awards. What, is going what did you, you pay got for that? I forget. Was it $73,000? She's a wheeze. It's kind of harder in gold medals. 18 yeah. gold medals. What does that say? 10? Yeah. yeah, whatever it says, right. London. So these are the awards of the ma watch manufacturer? Yeah. Or is the, Ulysses, the three best watches in the world are, are everyone's going to say Rolex, but they're not even in the top 10. They, uh, they manufacture I'm 300. I'm a watch guy myself there. I know. What, I can what, see what, that. What do you have going on I there? I got a little Richard Millet. Woo. Beautiful. Yes. Us white guys say Richard Mill. Yeah. 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 <laughs> By the way, he, he's one of the three best. Richard the other Mill. one is Patek Philippe. Yeah, and I if love. you go to Switzerland, you got to go to the Paddock Building. It's got the best videos. You can't even believe how many beautiful watches they are. I mean, they are aesthetic wonders. They're, I, I'm a watch addict. I own 50 watches, so when we do really well, I where, where do you put your money? Like when you think about investing and and multiplying your money and investing your money, obviously you guys have done some real estate right. stuff. You own some land. You were telling me about some land that you own in different different places. Where? How do you think about multiplying money? investing money, that, that kind of thing. Right. Um, you know, I think you need to be a little bit diversified. I, real estate's just the best. I, I mean, cause you have the land, you own it. It's it. We love real estate, have loved it, have always made money, done so well on real estate. We've never lost money on in real estate. Let me go um, back one phase. You got to invest in yourself first. You got to take your training, well, our true. training, somebody's training. Yeah. And it, cause you got to know something you can't, if you go out and do real estate, you're going to lose your butt. Somebody That's else, a good point. Somebody you yeah. do have to invest in yourself. All of us have invested in ourselves. Yeah, I mean, what did she do? Webinars, she came to my book, seminar, right? I mean, books, every yeah. we both we've attended yeah. seminars. I've been to more probably than anyone else, go, given and taken. I just I'm a, a seminar addict, and even here in town, we get the best seminars come out. Whether it's you know Jordan Peterson or or Dennis Prager or Kiyosaki, and I've done a lot, and Ken McElroy. I mean, we do a lot of stuff with all the superstars, and we love every all of them are friends. Yeah. And we do land partnerships. We do, um, you know, some some land on our own. Um, and you you really need gold and silver. And some people go, oh, gold and silver, that doesn't make any sense. You're never going to make any money. I get it. You don't buy gold and silver to make money. You buy gold and silver to hedge your bet against this horrible currency that's getting diluted every minute because it has real value. The, the fake the, the fake, fake money that's out the there. Fiat, you buy real, you get real money. Fiat money. Yeah. You know, it's sort of the just in case. You're not buying it because it's going to go up, and maybe it will when it, if this gets so bad. 
um, it probably but will. But Kiyosaki said it right on your show when I watched the show before I got here. Yeah. Everyone's got 20 bucks. Buy some junk, what's called junk silver. Now, yeah. if you buy real numismatic, that means the date and the value. But you make sure it's real silver, no copper inside, because that's how why Rome felt. They faked the currency. And that's what we're doing in America. When they took back all the copper pennies, that wasn't a mistake. They're, we're out of copper. Now, wait a second. You and I live in a copper state, and the biggest copper company in the world is right here. We've been to headquarters. And, and right, there are five. Yeah, we got cactuses, copper. What else? Cattle, cotton, the five, cotton, yeah, climate, the five and crystal, and crystal. That's <laughs> crystal. It. Hey, we got crystal <laughs> I'm the with sixth the, one. <laughs> six, the six C's did, oh, here in you, Arizona. Did, did you like watch it. my video on that? Is no, that, no, no. I just no. I've he just heard, knows I've the five C's. Are, yeah. People have said we we have five C's. All yeah. these five C's and um, lots of copper here. We do. Yeah, and by the way, we got plenty of copper, and, and copper's needed in every car. Copper's needed in every electrical battery. So so we're a rich state and going to get richer. But we let me just take you there. Not because if all the Californians keep coming. Oh, geez. yeah, yeah. Sorry, guys. but every, everybody. As long as you guys are conservative, everybody okay. in the country <laughs> saying we're out of resource, we're out of resource, we don't have enough um, rare earths. We're part of a little company. We're advisors to it uh, called Remining Corporation. Guys spend three hundred million dollars. We every one of us create five pounds of garbage each and every day. And all of our garbage dumps, 10,000 of them are full. And they didn't mean to it's make a, a mistake. Wayne Heisinger did 20 mil poly, and that seemed like a good idea. But he didn't know we'd have acids that would kill the water and all that, which is happening in Pennsylvania, happened in Michigan. And so what this guy's doing is we can take all that garbage and turn it into resources. Glass to glass, metal to metal, 60% of the garbage is water. We can turn all of it back into a resource. We're rich, except guess what? Our government, who says they're interested in really recycling, aren't doing it. We don't need to go anywhere. This is the richest country, but it's got to stay free. It's got to stay free enterprise, because my daddy taught me, like yours did you, free enterprise means more enterprising you are, the freer you are. And I want to increase freedom, not decrease freedom. And all these people are saying, well, I'm going to get a free lunch. The government's paying for me because they've sent me these stupid checks. That's dangerous. That means they are putting you in they are putting you in shackles if you ain't paying attention. You're about yeah. to become a prisoner. And if you don't believe that, we've been to China 80 times. I promise you there's 30 million people making Nike shoes there right now that are slaves. And if they don't work, they take out their body parts, they take out their blood, and they give it to somebody else. This is not okay to me. We got it. We ended slavery, at least our hero, Abe Lincoln, and I'm from the land of Lincoln, Illinois, you know, tried to do that for the world and said, hey, look, this is a better model. Don't be a tyrannist. There's more than enough for everyone. Even Mahatma Gandhi, when he wrote the Ford to Think and Grow Rich, he said there's enough for everyone's need, but not enough for anyone's greed. And there's I, only I, one. I don't even know a better way to end what yeah. that, that rant you just went on. I that really, was perfect. Yeah, yeah that one, was good. One last rant. We're, we're friends with Dr. Muhammad Yunus who's taken Bangladesh, a poorest country, and made it into one of the richest. And, and what he says is poverty belongs one place, a museum. And you and I are in charge as training of putting it in a museum. I mean, this is more important than any other kind of museum, but we need it for 8 billion people and going to 12 billion. We can handle 12 billion easily. We're having a population collapse, not a population explosion right now. Yeah, I was reading an article the other day. Japan is really hurting right now. They were, they're, they're really worried that that whole entire country is going to Yeah, collapse. there's nobody to work because old the people problem. are old and they didn't have babies. It's the same problems. Yeah, they're the, yeah, the lack of having children and too much socialized government intervention, you know, and not enough people to, not enough young people to sustain that. Um, and that's where, where we're all headed right now. All of these free government handouts, like Mark said, are not free. 
we are all being enslaved and that does not end well because you do end up yeah, like- Yeah, it drives me crazy. When when, when I see no people with the entitlement and the, oh, the laziness, we're at a like peak, peak, peak entitlement, peak right. laziness, right. Peak, peak not thinking. Exactly. You know, they're yeah, just, just sending my checks and yeah, yeah and, it's and really they blow pathetic. it on the dumbest shit, and you're just like, right. What are you guys doing? Right, they're wake up. You know, and and I'm not going to act like I didn't get money from the government. They gave me money. I went and bought real estate with right, it, right, right. Because that's what I do with my money, right, you exactly. know. And I, right. this, this point of the show is like, look, we have to protect ourselves. We we the, the insanity is not going to stop. There, no. You look at what's happening. I mean, the dude's asleep at the wheel. It's really pathetic. It's such a clown show. Yeah. And it's very scary. I think it's even worse than asleep at the wheel, though, Cody. I think it's very deliberate. I don't think it's they're, manipulative. they're not focused. Yeah. They they're not, not focused on the success of the United States of America. It's a very global selfish, globalist, elitist outlook. However, they can get the most for themselves to maintain their power and control and money. It's just total greed. They don't really care about this anymore. They just want to make sure. Yeah. I mean, so they're owned by everybody. If, it, it, at being an entrepreneur, owning companies, scaling businesses, I would not hire any of those guys, the president or the vice president Never. for a single business that Never I own for any position. And that's what I, when I'm going to vote, I'm always asking myself, would I hire this person to run my company, let alone my country? Yeah. Right. So the let's answer talk. is absolutely no not. It's I don't, I wouldn't feel confident putting them in customer support. So, so exactly. That, isn't that sad that we're, at, the, that's we're scary. at this point right now? But we were so pissed. Yeah. People were so mad at the concept of Donald Trump. Not what he was doing. No. Not the politics. Right. Not the actual just, actions just that he was his, doing. His mean tweets. It was you know, the tweets. Whatever. It was the feeling they got. Right. The emotions. And I would get in these long debates with my dad. And and I love my dad. But he, over time, he's become more and more liberal. And I'm hey, everybody's got their own right to their own opinion. Yep. But we'd get in these huge philosophical debates. Me and the video guys, we would get in these big philosophical debates. And we'd go back and forth and all this stuff. And I just kept coming, simplifying and just saying, would I hire these people? Yeah. To run anything I have going on, mm -hmm. the answer the answer was always no. It's no like right. having a three-year-old fly your plane. You don't want to do that. Yep. So let's talk to one last thing. If you take a circle, Jordan Peterson says, hey, look, here's a circle. 5% of it is free. The rest is all run by tyrannists and despots. And, and uh, you know, you don't want that. If they the want to close the, the loop. Yeah. We And he started the ARC. You can watch it on YouTube, Dr. Jordan Peterson, the ARC. And what he's doing is he's putting together the opposite of Davos, with those of us that can, leaders that can lead with vision and entrepreneurship and, and understanding the only model that works is freedom. My father came out of a socialist country because socialism doesn't work. When Hitler's coming in, dad was came to America and had nothing but problems, but at the front end because he couldn't speak English. He spoke Danish. So the, the point is we've got to expand freedom, not let it contract with socialism. It hasn't, it's tested, tried, and terrible. Right. And the one other thing I want to mention is, you know, to my Democrat friends, this isn't even about Democrat versus Republican. It's not a, about liberal versus conservative anymore. And that's what scares me that most people are not tapping into. A lot of Democrats are catching on to this. This, this, this group of people that have taken over the Democrat Party are not liberals. They're not liberals. Liberal, what does liberal stand for? It stands for really caring about the little guy, making sure they have great work opportunities, you know, industrial opportunities. I mean, no overregulation. I mean, all of these things that mattered before, 
don't matter, freedom of speech. So liberal universities in the beginning were like, you can say anything. You can share your views openly. All of the Democrat Party and all of the liberal ideas have been taken over by very Marxist, socialist, controlled thinking, controlled agendas. And it's not, it is no longer, do not kid yourself if you think you're in the old Democrat Party of John F. Kennedy that is not this party. They don't care about the little guy. It's been totally taken over by corporate elitists who look at us, look at all the little guys as cattle to just be moved around for their convenience. Look at what's happening. Nobody, it's, you know, Democrat supermajorities in all of these states, they're just falling apart. There are easy solutions to helping the homeless, to helping, you know, these issues. Just there's there are 10 cities now. They're giving drugs and needles. They don't care that these people are dying. In fact, they have an agenda with you know their, their cohorts at Davos to get rid of these useless people in the world who are just so stupid that they take drugs, right? There's there's not a level of caring. And, and there is no, I mean, I'm not I'm not telling you how to feel about God, but the most of these people do not have any belief in God. Yeah, they so strip that out. They strip that out. Very so they don't slowly, care. they stripped it out yes, from everything. So they don't care about their fellow man. And we should be caring about each other. That is gone. If you think that's what the Democrat Party is about, you're blind. You're not awake. It's gone. John F. Kennedy would be horrified. Well, they're 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 destroying the nuclear family. They are right, you know, and that's that's like they the are. foundational core piece yeah, of right. making this whole entire civilization yeah, work. It's right, like, exactly. All right, here we go. Like, what do we do next? Like, right, artificial create fake babies and fake babies, you know, so, and then let us and let us get, make you so miserable and depressed, and then just let us put this little chip in your head, and we'll make you happy all the time. Oh man, right? it's like the movies. Right. Yeah, exactly. I feel like well, well, what's the solution? How do we get out of this? We we got we got to take control. We got to you you develop probably the most useful skill in the world, which is sales and yeah. writing. In okay, why, why, two, why? Transfer, yeah, transfer, transfer of information, knowledge, knowledge okay. and information. Transfer knowledge, yep. okay. Because if I know how to sell, and I believe in what I'm selling, you can create income for yourself. Then you can invest that income. You can build that financial yep. wall around you and your family. You yep. can hire, start companies, scale companies, hire people, That's and right. really just you know set a better standard for your community, yep. for your family, and for the people that are around you. I love it. So yep. our, and our model, a, oh, and we'll I, finish with yeah. that model about our book company, and that is she wrote the line, but we want to do impact books to bring your story to life because everyone has a story, yep. and it's got to be impact. And so far, we got 118 books we're working on right now we 18 number one last year and like we just talked with mellows every one of them is different and every one of them back to what she said we can house on house humanity feed on fed yep. humanity we can do all these things i got 10 of them i can name but the point is we're in the most exciting time but that's not what's getting the media the media is hammering you on stupidness yeah right i can go through what the stupidness is but we've yeah got what, what are, when you say we're at the most exciting times you mean in capabilities uh, yeah potential, uh, potential. And people that want yeah. to do stuff yeah and, and in addition to that sales skill you were talking about, the most important skill, honestly, for all of us to learn is the ability to ask, the art and science of asking. We need to study it because it changes everything. And uh, we have a lot of stories. I wish we had more time to, I mean, we've already You're doing, you guys, you guys were great. You know, we'll have to come bring you yeah, back on again, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, to keep talking about some of this stuff. Some I mean, of these specific Mar stories. Mark, you're like, uh, you're, you're, you're like this uh, ball of knowledge that I just want to be around. I want to yeah. hear all your war stories. <laughs> yeah. 
I want to know, you know, uh, you know, maybe, maybe real quick, we'll end on two things. Cause I do want to talk about making your money matter and kind of end on a high note, sure. you know, something about making humanity better, not destroying it. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, you're talking to a new entrepreneur. We want to give them some advice, right? You're so going to make all the money you can save all the money you can invest all the money you can. So you can give all the money you can. That's simple. All right. Well, you nailed that. <laughs> no, I've been thinking about this for 50 years, so I got a few days on you, and it, it's not like it, 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 it's it's to me it's eclectic wisdom that when you hear it, you go, "Yeah, I'm going to write that right. down. I'm going to buy into it." That's right. the point. Yeah. And I wrote but a whole people, book. People called- get distracted though. They, they, they listen to all these people's opinions. They get distracted. They get negative. They get cynical. They try something. It doesn't work. Then next thing you know, they're getting Keep all asking. negative Nancy, you know. And, right, right, and right. Especially today with social media. I blame social for a lot of yep. the world's challenges that we too. have right now because it just- it's frustrating. I don't know if we were ready for everybody's opinion. You know, <laughs> exactly. I don't think we can handle it. I can barely right. handle my friend's opinions, let alone like random. I have right. over a million Strangers. followers and it's just like a bombardment of like- yeah. Always. I have people announcing like 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 I'm an airport or something like, hey, I'm I'm unfollowing you. It's like, oh, thanks for announcing that. I didn't even, you didn't announce that you followed me. I'm, you know, I'm it's like wild to me. You, you've been following me for years, but I said one thing that you don't right. agree with or you got pissed at or, you know, it didn't jive with your uh, view of the world. And then you wanted to write me this big, long, right. you know, letter on how you're unfollowing. Oh my gosh, it's we so know that petty. Problem. Yeah, thanks for the announcement. When you're big, you're, you've got a target yeah. and they shoot at you. You know, I kill them with kindness. I always way. write back and I just, put, you know, hey, I hope you come back, man. Yeah, I hope you come yeah. back. I hope you, 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 you have some more unconditional love in your heart to see from different points of view. And I just mess with them a little bit. Yeah. And, yeah. And, no, uh, but that's, yeah. You just have to forgive them and move on. I mean, because obviously they're having their own little struggle and, um, yeah, it's just so funny that they make a big announcement. They're unfollowing you. Like I'm going to stab you in the heart. Well, you know, in, you know. in with, with that level of, um, ability to say your opinion, we're seeing the results of it, you know, with great power comes great responsibility in a way. Right. And we're not being responsible on social media. Right. Exactly. With, with how we treat each other and all that. Right. Um, Last question you said is. I wanted to find out how you guys, what, what's your vision for your legacy? How, how are you guys going to make your money matter? You guys have obviously been very successful, you know, made a big impact already. It's not like you got to do much more, but if, if you think about, you know, making your money matter, is it philanthropy? Is it, is it in your book series? It's kind of a combination of things, um, you know, like impacting the world through books and these ideas, like some of these books that we're putting out right now are just so important for people to have in their hands. So that'll be, that's, that's one of the ways we, we plan to influence the world and and leave a lasting mark, but also just solutions that foster independence. You know, that's what we need right now. We have gotten, we're getting pushed toward this centralized control of this one person, this you know handful of 10 people controlling all of us. So, you know, we're actually looking at putting together like a ranch um, where we have, you know, our own water, our own growing and it, you know, uh, goats, chickens, things like that. So that no matter what happens, we're always safe. We're always abundant. And I think people need to look to themselves more and stop thinking. We've been led down this path that the government is there to solve all our all of our problems. It's such a lie. And that's never what, the, what America was set up for. It's a country of independence. We should be able to support ourselves 100% and never, never 
rely on the government. And that's why it's a declaration so of independence by my favorite president. And I'll stop with this line, but Thomas Jefferson said, and our, we love it. If my candle's lit and yours isn't, light yours and mine. Doesn't take anything from mine. Makes the world fourfold brighter. And we need to make the world brighter because it's been dumbed down. We thank you for letting us be in your show today. Mark, Crystal, thank you thank guys you, for Cody. taking the time to hang out with us. I do want to have you back. I think it would Please. be a great, I, so many questions I want to ask. I want to know how much money can I make from a book, right? Like, <laughs> can, you know, what, what, what are we talking? You know, I want to know about that. I want to know, we'll do know all those. More, more lessons that you've, you know, you've obviously been exposed speaking on stage. I wanted to get into sales, persuasion, influence strategies. I wanted to get into some like the nuts and bolts. Like, how do you get out there and promote something like a pro? the technical stuff. You know, right now, this was a great conversation to get to know you guys and right. just kind of expose some of the things, the cool stuff we're doing. And I hope we write some books together. We will. Um, so I'd love to have you back. Thank you for sharing. For everybody, look, we had a great conversation here. If you got some value from it, the only thing I ask since we don't advertise on this channel is to just share it with a friend, you know, pass this around. Just like Mark said, buy one book uh, or maybe it was two. Crystal, buy two, but one book for yourself, <laughs> one book for somebody yeah. else. And uh, you go know, through it and go through it. Do the same thing with this podcast because it helps us Please. grow our audience and make a bigger impact. That's all we have for you in this episode. Until next time, we're out of here. Take care, comb your hair. Peace. Hey, thanks for being a subscriber of the Clever Investor Show. As a thank you gift, we wanted to give you something that we know is gonna help you get started as a creative real estate investor. It's our real estate success kit and it's completely free. Just go to www.reisuccesskit.com to customize your kit, but essentially it's a collection of 15 training tools designed to help you get results quickly as a creative real estate investor. From systems to lead generation, to finding cash buyers, to creative ways to close deals and get paid. Your free REI success kit is just a few clicks away. Once again, the website's www.reisuccesskit.com.